0: Welcome to Living With, a podcast by Health Union that explores what it's like to live with a chronic health condition. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. Hess Polanco brings his positive vibes to our IrritableBowelSyndrome.net community. I recently spoke to him about his experience of living with IBS.
1: I'm not going to lie. I do have a little anxiety about this because it's the first time in a long time since I've spoken about my IBS to anyone other than my wife. Oh. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. But no, other than that, I think I'll, I'll be fine.
0: Well, you write about it so eloquently and oh, and you, you you do videos for us. So it, it feels like you've been talking about it for a while.
1: Yes, I have. And that's the thing. It's so different when it comes to writing and then uh i guess even because you know i also do youtube and i talk about it on camera yeah but when i'm in my own space in my own head it's so easy to be vulnerable i guess right because no mm-hmm. one's judging me no one's around but at least in my head that's the way it feels but once i actually really get to on a personal level you know talk about and have a conversation about my ibs it's really a it's a different story <laughs> you know kind of is yeah but, um, and I'm ready for the challenge. I think it's important to talk about it, you know,
0: well, you know you know I have IBS as well, and I find it difficult to talk about, too. And right. you know, I talk to everybody else about their conditions, but it it is challenging for me to talk about. What do you think it is that why are we so reluctant?
1: Right. Well, honestly, I think it's it's definitely an embarrassing topic to talk about because it involves, you know, Areas in our, of our body that we don't really talk about on a normal basis. You yeah. know, we usually keep those things to ourselves, or with our doctor, we talk about those things with our doctors. But um, it's it's unfortunate that we have to suffer from a condition that involves those areas. But it's an area that everybody deals with, so it shouldn't be you know taboo to talk about, and shouldn't be a stigma or anything like that. We should just feel comfortable. Um, but I guess it's it's just one of those things where society, you know, places a stigma on those types of topics, and we're conditioned to feel embarrassed or whatever, you know, to feel yeah. a certain way. I guess when it comes to the talking about it. But.
0: I I totally agree with you, and I I think that leads to uh, some people going for so long before getting a diagnosis because in the um, IBS in America survey that Health Union does. A lot of people have said that they go for years suffering with symptoms before they get a diagnosis. So right, that's sure. I think it's important to break down this stigma and, and help people get, get some relief.
1: Indeed. Indeed. I um, can so agree with that. I feel like if, you know, more, if there was more awareness about IBS and how it affects people, if more people just spoke up and talked about it, at least my journey with getting diagnosed could have went a little differently. I know that. I mean, it took me almost five years to get diagnosed. And that's just because not many people was talking about IBS at the time. And it took a lot of like, uh, I guess, pulling a lot of teeth, I guess, from certain people, I guess, from doctors specifically, to even talk about IBS. No doctor was really bringing up that condition, which I understand um, when it comes down to, um, uh, I guess, let me kind of backtrack a little bit. The I would say the, nor- the common route for most people with IBS when it comes to getting diagnosed is uh, clearly going through the process of diagnosis of exclusion, right? If that mm-hmm. makes sense. So we obviously have to go through numerous tests and procedures to pretty much rule out, you know, any other serious conditions. And so we could finally narrow it down to IBS, but it just sucks that it takes such a long journey to, journey to get there, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting.
0: So to y- say the least. <laughs> you mentioned that people don't realize how it affects people. How does IBS affect you on a daily basis?
1: Well, IBS affects me, oh man, in so many different ways. It clearly takes a toll on my physical and my mental. Mm-hmm. And um, it always starts, you know, right at the crack of dawn, early in the morning. Um, and I get woken up with crazy, intense stomach pain, with an urgency to use a bathroom. And that, I guess, uh, system or repetitive system will last for at least a few hours until my Pain subsides and, and I'm able to tolerate and go about my day um but every day is a, is a challenge I cannot lie uh, <laughs> um it's hmm so that
0: kind of
1: really, that, yes.
0: that is every morning
1: every morning correct oh my yes gosh. every morning nausea stomach pain I mean all the works everything kicks in all at once and then again it just seems to subside after a while but uh I think a lot of it is not with my IBS, at least I know it's not just food-related. You know, I know it's also um, uh, triggered by social, uh, emotional problems. You know, such as stress, anxiety, depression, stuff like that. So, because I do suffer from depression and anxiety, um, I, I I know those things have an effect. You know, or can trigger my symptoms. Um, you know, in such a way where it it, it becomes a cycle, you know, it just becomes a repetitive cycle. Yeah. And um, it's important to, you know, that's why I talk about managing your mental health as much as managing your diet or exercise, because mm-hmm. <clears throat> at least like I, like I said, for me, these emotional pro- emotional problems easily trigger my symptoms, you know? And so it's important that I keep these things under control as best as I can. It's one of those things where We can't just focus on diet, right? We also have to do our best to focus on the mental health aspect. And, you know, I'm one of those people where if I do get triggered because of anxiety or something like that, I've gotten to the point where I'm I'm just going to push myself and and face the challenge, Mm -hmm. despite how it might make me feel physically, you know? Because I know that after a while or after I overcome that initial, you know, step of you know, facing the fear. I guess mm-hmm. I, I know that eventually I just become more at ease and like, you know, what this is not as bad as I thought. So, uh, eventually, even then, my my symptoms may suicide, You know, so it's just that's awesome. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I one of the things I I I always want to know like the cause. You know, I want to like why why am I having this and what's the cause of it? Not just how do I treat the symptoms, but right how can I fix this, you know? And there isn't a clear answer with IBS. But one of the things that I found really interesting was the role of the microbiome Mm. and that the bacteria that we have in our gut or that we're supposed to have in our gut directly correlates with our mental and emotional health. Right. And that is fascinating to me. So I'm like, if I can just get this puzzle right and get my microbiome healthy, maybe I'd be, you know in right. better shape but it's it's not just a simple fix for sure right
1: exactly no exactly i've heard honestly i'm not too uh i guess privy on the topic of the of microbiome i mean i obviously know a little bit of it because i've done my fair research but um i do i know that when it comes to dysbiosis right mm-hmm. the yeah. imbalance of the back, the good and bad bacteria um, it could definitely lead to a, a world of problems, you know, and, um, I am interested and intrigued, yeah, for sure to see if, you know, we can get that right. Will it actually solve a lot of our problems? You yeah. know, I'm very interested in myself.
0: So I know you recently became a father. Congratulations.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs> How
0: does having IBS impact your parenting?
1: Oh, man. Um... It's definitely a challenge. It's definitely a challenge to say the least. I mean, it does, my IBS can get in the way of me spending quality time with my son. It can, um, get in the way of me, you know, being very attentive when I need to be, because there's times when I just need to like sit back, leave, leave my son in his crib or something for a moment, because I just can't handle the pain of an extra, you know, body on top of, you know, My body, I guess you can say. Yeah. And um it's just it's 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 interesting. I can't say interesting, it's challenging. Um, but it's something that I I make an effort to fight through despite the pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Having a child, uh, you don't realize, I guess when you're a first-time parent, that you really have to put yourself second. Like your child comes first always, especially at such a young age, right? So um I didn't I guess it didn't register to me how much of a balance it was going to me, uh, how much of a challenge it was going to be to balance me and my son, aka you know my my health, I guess, and my my son's health overall as well. So it's definitely a challenge. I know a lot of first time parents don't think about that, but um, any first time parents looking to or anybody looking to become a first time parent definitely take that advice. And in reality, that you know it can be a challenge, it will be a challenge, but it's so worth it at the end. It really is.
0: Yeah. And I, I think any first-time parent has to balance that, but then when you're dealing with a chronic condition, it does make it more complicated.
1: Yes, for sure, for sure. Um, and I think what's important as well is the support system. You know, I think you can do it all on your own, obviously, you know, and that's in any aspect or case of life, whether you're a parent or not. You know, I think having a support system around is so vital, it's so important, you know, Um, so thank God for that, (laughs) you know, thank God for my wife and my in-laws and my family for, you know, being able to step up when I can't, you know, that's so important to me.
0: Yeah. You've written, you've written many amazing posts about your, it sounds like an incredible relationship that you have with your wife.
1: Oh man. She's my best friend. Yes.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Yes. Yes, indeed. Thank you.
0: So how has having IBS impacted your work?
1: Oh, man. Um, I would say that has also been a challenge. Um, I, how do I articulate this? Um, um, so obviously I have written quite a few articles about how IBS can impact my productivity and, um, you know it, it gets in the way in regards to you see it's hard this is interesting now because again it's so hard for me to just be so open and vulnerable when it comes to just really having a conversation about this but uh to be quite honest um i feel like i i'm allergic to stress <laughs> you know i've uh-huh. never really said that out loud before yeah but the reason why i said that i say that is because any ounce, any little itty bitty ounce of stress tends to exasperate my symptoms for some reason. And I can't help that, you know, biological response, it just happens. Um, and so with that being said, um, my IBS very much gets in the way of you know my work, my my productivity. Um, and again, like like I said, mental health is so important to me, and I do try my best to kind of push past. The anxiety, the fear, all that—even the physical pain—just um, for the sake of, for the sake of saying that I push through. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, um, I guess when it comes to work, you know, writing these articles or whatever it may be, whether it's even creating, you know, content for social media, stuff like that. Um, it, it's it's so hard to f- finish a task in one sitting. You know? Yeah
0: have there been any special modifications that you've had to make to your schedule or work environment to accommodate your needs and your condition?
1: Um, I want to say yes and no. It's funny. Um, because with my IBS it's almost like it's hard to stick to a schedule, you know, it's very unpredictable sometimes. Um, and so I tried, I try my best to stick to schedules and, and like, I I personally like to have a planner and like have my days planned out and I do my best to, to stick to that regimen. But again, you know what, I've just been so, so being, yeah, being so unpredictable sometimes, you have to be flexible at the same time. So I have, um, you know, before I started working from home three years ago, you know, you're so used to being on a very strict schedule, but ever since I started working from home, I've kind of realized that being flexible is just the way to be. It's just the way to go for me in regards to like keeping my anxiety at ease and, and not feeling so pressured to, or feels, you know, to feel obligated to, to, to stick to something or to meet something or something of the sort. I just, I just feel that my IBS is so, again, easily triggered when it comes to stress that I have to make life easy for me. So like when it comes to sticking to a, stress, a schedule, I will do my best, but I won't feel, I won't allow myself to feel pressured or obligated to stick to it, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. that totally makes sense. I, yeah. I worked from home for a number of years and it was definitely easier on those days when, I mean, easier to work at home when my, my IBS was flaring rather than being in an office environment. But I also missed the social aspect of working around people. Um, do you, yes, do you experience any of that isolation?
1: I sure home? do. Yes, yes, indeed. I, I am naturally a social person, um, just because I have such a big family, you know. So it's hard not to be. But, uh, um, so yes, I, I definitely feel I, I miss that aspect of life. You know, networking and meeting new people and you know starting new friendships and stuff like that. It's it's those things are important. Like I said, I I, I think navigating life it alone is not clearly not the way to go. I don't think that's just how it's supposed to be. I think it's important for all of us to feel a sense of community and to be in a community, to be constantly surrounded by people, not constantly, but to be surrounded by people as much as possible so that, you know, I I think those, that type of way of living can, can help with mental health, right? Because you don't want to feel so alone and feel like you're doing it all on your own. So it does get very lonely sometimes, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely miss it.
0: You've written in some of the articles for IrritableBowelSyndrome.net about the struggles of living with an invisible illness, including pretending to be fine when you're not. Do you think there's an emotional toll that comes with hiding what's really going on with you?
1: Um, that's a good question. Very good question. I, I, I would say so. I would say it depends, well, really it depends on how you handle it. Um, I guess when it comes to pretending, I know that to some extent it can have like a bad connotation, right? Because you, it, when you're pretending, in other words, it's like you have a mask on your face and you're not really showing how you really feel and so on and so forth. And then that could lead to, I guess, a series of just negative behaviors, right? Um, in regards to always putting yourself down in other ways or just dealing with low self-esteem internally you know mm-hmm. but i when it comes to pretending for me i kind of like to pretend in a way where it's going to benefit me in the end so it's one of those things I don't know if you heard where if you kind of do things repeat repetitively it, it'll become a, a habit right yeah um, so for me if I'm pretending to be positive if i'm pretending to be happy and put a smile on my face it'll eventually at least in my mind and i'm'm I'm, it's kind of something that I'm working towards that eventually and hopefully it'll become a habit to where I am positive. Naturally, I am smiling naturally. And it's despite the pain, despite, you know, any negative emotion or feeling that I'm going through at the moment. So it's for me, I try to use the the pretending aspect to, to kind of be a tool of empowerment, if that makes sense. You know,
0: I like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, You've also written in some of your articles about apologizing for IBS in your past. How did you come to the realization that this is something you don't have to apologize for?
1: Great question. All right. So I came to the realization when apologizing just became too much of an obligation for me. You know, I felt like every time I let someone down, every time I canceled, on someone, I had to apologize. And the more I apologize, the more belittled I felt, the more, I guess, uh, you always feel inferior when you're apologizing, right? You always feel inferior. And that's not something that people like to always feel. You know, we like to feel a sense of empowerment or even, you know, a sense of control over our lives. And we don't always have to meet, you know, or live by someone else's standards. Right. So, um, I guess it just started taking a huge toll on my mental, you know, on my mental health, feeling so uh, in a way indebted to people because I was always letting them down, you know, and I was just never able to, you know, I can't I can't say never, but I wasn't always able to meet, you know, meeting with people when we scheduled the time to meet or so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, it just really, it really took a toll on me. And so I guess in order... I guess in order to feel more empowered and more in control of my life, I had to stop apologizing. I had to say, you know what, my IBS is not my fault. It's it's, it's for the most part, it's out of my control. I cannot help that I have certain biological responses to to this condition, you know. Mm-hmm. And because of that, do I have? Because it's not a fault of my own, do I? Do I have to apologize? No, you know, I, I shouldn't have to. And if people don't understand that, if they don't, if they can't grasp that this is something that I'm not doing to myself and I'm not purposely trying to cancel on them every time, then um for me, I feel like that's more of their issue. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's one of those things where if I feel like you're not fully comprehending or if you're not fully understanding um my situation and my circumstances, then you know that's on you but i'm i'm done apologizing cuz it just makes me feel so degraded it makes me feel so belittled you know to feel this inferior you know
0: this so apologizing is something i still probably do too much and i'm mm. i'm curious so if you if you have to cancel something because you're just not feeling well what do you say instead of i'm sorry
1: oh well i honestly so one of the <laughs> That's a really good question because a lot of what I've been practicing this year, a.k.a. what's been my New Year's resolution, (laughs) has been to always speak my truth, right? No Mm -hmm. matter how it sounds to others, it's just always speak my truth. In situations like this, um, I would say, you know what, I'm really not feeling up to it today. Um, And... If we can reschedule, if we can work something out where we could choose another day, or if you could, actually, I like to do things where it's not so hard on me, but also not so hard on the other person. So if the other person is willing to meet me halfway, maybe, um, say, for example, we were supposed to go out to eat, right, me and a friend or something like that, but instead of IBS reasons, I'm not able to make it, right? Mm-hmm. So instead, I would suggest a different plan to where it's along the same lines of eating, you know, going out to eat or something. Instead, I would invite the person over to my home, and maybe I'd go out of my way to, you know, make an awesome meal for them, just for going out of their way to come all the way to see me or something like that. Like, I would find a way to make it up to them so that it doesn't, you know, so that they feel kind of appreciated and, and special. And not just like, oh, you know, they have to meet me out out of a schedule obligation. You know, I'm not articulating that as best as I I want to, but I hope that makes sense.
0: It does. Yeah. And I I like, it's almost like you focus on the solution rather than that you're letting
1: someone down. Exactly. Exactly. So that's that. I think that's the best route to go. Thinking of an alternative to kind of make up for that lost event or that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What have you learned about yourself? By dealing with all of this
1: oh man i've learned quite a lot to be honest um it's definitely helped me become more yes resilient much more courageous much more uh uh become more like advocate for myself more you know and so i guess not just what i've learned but more how it's changed me it's just it's really made me become a stronger person you know i i didn't realize how weak-minded I was before having IBS. And even in the beginning stages of having IBS, I didn't realize how weak-minded I was. I used to feel so capable and able to just face any fear. I I felt like such a daredevil before. And then I guess I kind of had to relearn how to become that again while having IBS, if that makes sense. I just... I don't want to be negative and say that IBS is me, like, even though I, I still suffer from, you know, mental health issues or, you know, such as depression and so on and so forth because of my IBS, but it, it really has instilled, I guess, mental tools <laughs> that kind of also helps me feel empowered in a way as well. You know?
0: Yeah. And I, I think you bring so much of that to the community and it's, it's, I think it's a very important part.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So,
0: So I just have one more question.
1: Okay. (laughs)
0: Why do you think it's important for people with irritable bowel syndrome to have an online community?
1: It's so important because at least, you know, I can speak from a personal experience that when I first started dealing with IBS, you know, the first few years were so tough and so lonely. You know, although I had my wife who was my girlfriend and turned into my fiance at the time and so on and so forth, it's just, she wasn't always able to be there. And she wasn't dealing with IBS herself. So I felt like there were moments and times that she just didn't always get it. You know, even though she was very sensitive to to what I was going through and very, you know, caring, I just still felt like there were moments she didn't fully understand. So I think when, you know, you can become a part of a community of people who actually go through what you go through, you almost feel validated in your pain. You know, you feel validated that, like What you're going through is real. It's not all in your head. Um, and, and you kind of, you know, when you're also involved in those types of communities, you know, dealing with people or surrounding yourself around people who go through what you go through, you get a, a different sense of support too, you know? You don't always get, say, for example, like a generic response or answer from someone trying to give you advice. You know, you get something that's more, more real and more you feel more tangible in a way, you know? So yeah. um, I think those things are very important.
0: I really appreciate that you're a part of our community and thank you for letting me talk to you today.
1: Yes. No, thank you. I honestly appreciate this, this conversation we're having. Like I said, I haven't, oh well, I don't normally speak to a lot of people about my IBS on a personal level. Um, and this again, for me, I look at this, I looked at this as a challenge and a challenge that I wanted to face so bad because I'm tired of my IBS holding me back and instilling fear in me, right? So I, I wanna thank you for this conversation and even thinking of me to, to have this conversation with. Aw, thank you, Hess. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> if you or someone you love has IBS, I invite you to come join the conversation at irritablebowelsyndrome.net, where you can find articles written by people living with IBS, like Hess. You can find more communities for people living with chronic conditions at health-union.com. Thank you for listening to Living With. I'm Emily Downward.